first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming on our show. I remember uh, I seen you and Shanae at All-Star Weekend in Chicago, and I asked you to to uh, come on our show. Told you I was a fan and wanted you to come on. So you yeah, remember? I remember, but All Star in Chicago. A while ago, right? It was a while ago, but it was a month after my surgery. It, it was, and, and I was, I was on drugs. I was, I was like a zombie. Like I was really trying to, <laughs> I was struggling trying to get through. I the remember weekend. seeing you, and uh, I remember asking you to come on the on the show and stuff. And like a couple of days ago, I just seen the E sixty interview and I just seen at the end of I didn't know you got traded yeah. to Phoenix. I just seen the end of the interview and we was coming out here and I was like, man, we gotta reach out he to Dime. Because yeah. I, I seen that all star and I wanted to to up. get it. But I was a fan well I am still a fan, but you know what I'm saying? I'm a big, big fan I of yours. And it. I'm glad that you came on the show I so we can talk to you. For having me, for real. <laughs> it's dope. When you first made it to the WNBA, who was the first person to bust your ass? Ooh, um, I wouldn't say I got my ass buzzed, to be honest. Okay. I came in real ready, but I would say the most challenging defensive assignment I had was Maya Moore. Maya Moore. Yeah, <laughs> for so sure. So you got the end of Maya Moore right before she left. Yeah, but that was my matchup just mm -hmm. straight out the gate. And I was like, damn. She good. Yeah, what it was, was just like? like she just did whatever she wanted. Any shot? Any shot, any... <laughs> Anything like over two hands, perfect yeah. contest, anything like all up in her. Yeah, it was like I never felt helpless as a defender. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was one of those. I'm just like, there's really nothing that I could <laughs> that I could do, you know. But looking back, especially knowing that you know she's not in the league anymore, mm -hmm. it was it's such an honor to have had the, the chance to go up against her. Yo, 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 we live on location. You know that, though. Feel me? We, hey, we, we visible with Verizon this season, you Black. You know we that's right. We got the blackest one. We out here live on location in the desert. We had to come way out here to Phoenix, P-H-O, P-H-X, Phoenix, Arizona. We had to come get a, get a special young lady, all-star. Champion. Champion. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. She won a champion from my Chicago sky. So, you know what I'm saying? We had to come all the way out here to the desert. Diamond the Shields in the building, everybody. The Phoenix lovely Mercury. Diamond the Shields, Phoenix Mercury. What up, what up? Tune in. Thank you for pulling up. Thank you guys for having me, man. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Presented by Visible. You are... You 27 years old, and your your pops played for them St. Louis Cardinals. You know your boy from the Lou. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, my. I remember that when you right. with us. You know your boy from the Lou, and he definitely a Cardinal fan. He keep the Cardinal hat on. You was a baby in the, in, the, in St. Louis day. I know it was only just a year. Do you have any, like, pictures and stuff or from them Cardinal yeah, days and stuff? Yeah, I got, I got a picture. I got a picture with my dad holding me. On their home opener on like family day, he's holding me yeah. and I'm like looking over his shoulder and it's the back of his jersey, but it's like me in the picture. Why so she's not hard like that. <laughs> you all excited because she got a picture. She was a baby cardinal. She don't care about St. Louis or the Cardinals, bro. It was one, she was one year. 
I what remember you when you was a year old. I remember when Nobody he came remember. to our team. <laughs> that picture is that you don't care about. I remember Louis. when we had it's the shields on our squad. Like it's a distant picture. That's part of the family tree, right St. there. St. Louis ain't got nothing to do with I'm this. I'm just saying his her, his her daddy played with the Cardinals, which is the best team in baseball. Thank you. I cannot believe that he just. I just way around the block, came up the avenue and brought St. Louis Cardinals into this. Man, go on, man. All what right. you doing? All right. But you, you got a family full of athletes. Your mom went to Tennessee. Your 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 dad is a baseball. Your brother is an athlete. So it was only given. It's in your blood. Like, but you played baseball first. What made you go from baseball? Well, explain the baseball first, and then what made you go from baseball to basketball? Was well, you cracking that thing? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, baseball was just, it was the first sport I was ever around. Yeah. You know, just like going to the field with my mom when my dad was playing and then when my brother was playing, traveling around with him. It was just like, that was the way for me to spend time with my dad, right? If my, mm. my brother and him are in the cages, you know, I'm going to be in the cages too because right. I want to chill. Like, I want to kick it with my dad, <laughs> you know? So... Spent a lot of time on the field, spent a lot of time on the road with them too. So that was the first sport that I gravitated to. But, you know, thinking about a career and, you know, when I chose and, and established, you know, within myself that I wanted to be a pro athlete, it's like, well, you can't play in the MLB. Yeah. So what you going to do? You know, and so uh, at the time I was, you know, starting to play basketball and it was fun. And so I was like, you know, like, I could do this, yeah. you know, and I, I played some other sports too, but basketball was really the one that I knew that I could see like a clearer picture, like down, down yeah. the future, like of, of what I could be and accomplish. Well, who was the first girl you seen that you just kind of gravitated to was like, oh, she a hooper. I can do that. You know what? That's a good question. That's a really good question. I, I, I'd have to really think about that. Because you know, in girls basketball, it's like it's not like a like a pickup scene. It's not like mm -hmm. like you know, like high school basketball is like just now kind of like becoming something that like little girls are looking up to. Now like you gotta play with boys you know, first. Yeah, until you, you gotta play with, and that's what I did. So yeah. you know, to think of like who's the first girl that I really, you know, it's it's hard for me. That's a hard. Well, what, what, any guys? What one of the guys you fell in love with? Ryan Harrow. Ryan Harrow. Ryan Harrow. Ryan Harrow. He went to uh, he went to Walton High School, and then he committed to Kentucky, and then he transferred to NC State, I think. And professionally, I'm not sure yeah. exactly what happened, but like in high school, in high like school, he, he was, was like, man. yeah, he like played like Jamal Crawford. So I that was like for sure like who I was watching. <laughs> in high school, when did you feel like? What was that moment where you felt like you can you one of the best in the country? Like I know you play AAU ball with Stewie and, and some right. of the top players. Is was that the time when you felt like, oh, I got on this team and I can yeah. stay up with them girls to know that like, oh, I'm I'm good enough to play. Yeah, I mean I think that well, it was before high school. So like in eighth grade, you know, I played on a team with I played with Lexi Brown. I was about to ask you. I played I with I played Kayla you. Davis, Antonio Davis's daughter, mm. Tan Griffey, King Griffey Jr.'s daughter. Like we was all on a team together. Mm. And so I remember we went to Boo Williams. Mm -hmm. and in Virginia. Yeah, I went to that Boo Williams. At the time I'm <laughs> no at the time I'm nobody. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not getting recruited, no nothing. And we went out there and we played up. Mm -hmm. So we now we playing against all the top like 
I think like 10 graders. Yeah. And we won Boo Williams. Mm. And like the next like week, like mailbox was just like crazy. Ooh. Yeah. Let me ask you this about Boo Williams. When we went to Boo Williams, we used to stay in this hotel that ha that was big as a mug and all the teams, girls and yep. boys stayed in the same big yep. old, I think it was like a Marriott or a Holiday Inn or something. Mm -hmm. That was the same thing for y'all? Yeah, it was the same hotel. I That's mean, I've crazy. been to Boo a few times, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> I can't even remember when, but I definitely been in that hotel. Yeah. So that's crazy. You remember that? No. Oh, you might you <laughs> might be too old for that, but but yeah. Everybody done played at Boo Williams. Yeah. It's such a great tournament. So tell us about the AAU team. Like you, Stewie, when all y'all got together and you playing with the top girls. Yeah. In the in this You talking country. about the middle school team that I was on that I just talked about? Yeah. Oh, well, that team that team was just a lot of fun. You know, this is before basketball got all serious. serious. You yeah, know, right. we was just kids. Like, and 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 being that young and playing up in every tournament and just winning, like it just was it was just fun. You know, it was just playing basketball freely. You try to smack anybody of note along the way that was older than y'all? Yeah. We beat we was this was before the EYBL was on the girls' circuit. Okay. So mm -hmm. like the Nike teams that they had. We have been playing against them, you know, beating up on them. Uh, <laughs> nah, that's what it is. Yeah, like playing against all these like nationally rank ranked players. Like this is before like we were not getting recruited like that because yeah. we was in middle school, mm -hmm. yeah. and so our team just kind of like grew into this like phenomenon, like yeah. over the course of one summer, and like everybody was talking about us. When you went to high school, did you walk through the door with like? With like some swag, like you know, I already been we've been busting up high school players <laughs> anyway. So Absolutely, I was like, cause I was at private school up until eighth grade, and then I transferred to Norcross High School. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar, but Norcross produce a lot of NBA dudes and whatever. So when I got there, I was just like, man, like I'm here, you know, like what we about to do. <laughs> and we went on to like, you know, I won three state championships. We won state my freshman year and just had a lot of success at the high school level. When did you feel like you was like, not only I'm I'm the best player in, in Atlanta, but I can be one of the best players, if not the best player in, in the whole country? Yeah, I mean, I think that once I got my USA invite um, in ninth grade, I was, you know, that was like, that was my moment where I was like, oh shit, like, yeah. okay. So I got to Colorado Springs and like, now I'm seeing all these girls that you read about in the, you, you know, the, the newspaper. Yeah. Like it's our first time, I'm like really white. being like face to face with Sizing them. them up Brianna Stewart, you yeah. know, like it's my first time seeing her. I'm like, yo, yeah. her arms long as shit. Like, <laughs> right. so that was really, and then making that team, yeah. you know, like, so I was That's a that's that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. and I was fifteen. I was on the U eighteen team. Ooh. You know, so like I was super young. So all my teammates was going to college. Yeah. I was in ninth grade. So that that's was my sick. first USA basketball experience. So all your experience like this thing, me, all your experience was always ahead. So once you got caught up to your senior year, it was just total yeah, domination. It was, it was like yeah, I was shit finding the biggest people. Yeah, it total was domination. It like, was. I mean, now you know, I won Naismith that year. You know, I like like I said, had a lot of success, won a state championship. Um, just you know, really, really blessed to be honest to have been like, you know, able to to have parents and and coaches who were able to just like helped put me in positions to succeed. So, you know, it was it was it was fun. Early on having a, a pops that's that's been a professional athlete 
Did you already have just an athletic gene or? There was a certain tenacity that I had to have to hang around my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think it really has so much to do with my dad because like when he was playing, I was a baby. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was old enough to really understand, he was retired. Yeah. You know, but you it know, was. When us retired players, <laughs> we don't move no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, so no it was really like just wanting to, to be with my brother. Like, yeah. and when I was with him, I was also with his teammates. Mm-hmm. So it was like learning how to how to fight, learning how to race, learning how to catch, <laughs> how to throw, how right. to, you yeah. know, how to just be tough because they don't want, you know, to be around no girl that's crying all the time or whatever. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, I think that that contributed a lot to me just like having the heart that I do. How did you learn to keep, to sustain that level of greatness? Because you know how it is. A lot of people, when we in seventh eighth grade, you see them top five, top ten guys. In high school, you was the man. The side. By the time you get yeah. junior, seeing people sprint by them, like, but you, like you said, three state championships, Naismith, you sustained it, and, and sound like it got better as it went. Like, how did you continue to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think that like. Not so much now. It's it's kind of, the gap is kind of closing as far as like recognition and you know access between women and men. Mm-hmm. But like back then, it was like being ranked and being all that and whatever. Like it's it wasn't enough. Yeah, you know, like we didn't have no Chris Paul camps. We didn't have. We wasn't right. getting gear sent to the house. We wasn't. You know, so it was like I wanted all those things. So like when I would see you know, the guys that were my friends that were, you know, all Americans that was getting it. You know, I was like, I want that too. (laughs) How am I supposed to get that? You know, so in in my mind, there was only one way for me to get it, you know, and that was making it to the pro level, you know. So I feel like in a sense it kept me hungry. I think like a lot of guys back then, they just were spoiled early, you know, that false sense of entitlement, you know, that work ethic is just like dropping because you think that, you yeah. know, everything is easy. But, you know, for me, I just, it was the pursuit of, you know, uh, what I what I felt I deserved uh, mm. for the work that I put in. They didn't have a girls McDonald's game when we when we came yeah. out and, and played in the suit. McDonald's game. Wow. But how was it to be named McDonald's All-American? I mean, once again, like, that was it. Like, that was the pinnacle. There was yeah. no Jordan brand. You yeah. know, there was... Even in the Iverson Classic, like he had he had a girl playing in that this past year, I think. So yeah, he did. Yeah, Fly J. Yeah, Fly. Yeah. So being a being a McDonald's All American was that was that was like the reward mm-hmm. for the four years of high school that you done been through. You know, to finally be recognized as like the best in your class, the top in your class. That was like that really meant something. How was that experience for you being there? Because I know I like when like we went, it was, you know. Uh, like he said, one girls weren't there when we went. But like, how was it when you guys got to go? Like, was I've seen it on TV and everything. But from your perspective, I mean, it was a lot of fun. You know, like I said, like this was the first time I got a suitcase waiting in my room full of gear, like name so, on yeah, everything. Like yeah. so, for for me, and I know for the rest of the girls that was there, we was all just like happy. Yeah, you know, it was just Did like they still have like the big banquet and everybody dressed up mm-hmm. and everything. They had like, the banquet oh, and everything, dope. so you know, you seeing all the guys there and like everybody in tuxedos. First, and yeah, everything. it's like the first time. It's like this is the 
the top of this is the 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 top of the top and everybody just coming together and just you know having a, a so let me ask you this for the banquet i remember they used we used to all have to wear the same type of thing did y'all have to wear something that was kind of uniform and yeah everything? they had like <laughs> we, had the little, we had the tuxedos with little blue they got us too they, they, they got us like, too what type of dress like, y'all had to wear something they had like three dresses you could choose from and mm. they were all just terrible <sighs> Mm. Terrible, and we was all mad, and yeah, they wasn't cute. You know, we was trying to be cute <laughs> at that nah, time. because so. I know they, you know, that was like a little, you know, a little, uh, yeah, prestigious little banquet. So I was wondering how they did that for the girls mm-hmm. if they gave y'all some choices or whatever. How many visits you take? How oh. many school visits you take? Um, I took a few. Yeah, I took a few. I took I took all my visits before I committed. Mm. So I didn't. I took one official, and it was after I had committed to North Carolina. Mm. So oh. was, your I had mom, started, was your mom heartbroken that you didn't go to Tennessee? I mean, I think deep, deep, deep down she was, <laughs> but she never put no pressure on me to know. you know. Wherever my baby go, I'm a supporter. Yeah, she was really supportive, but visits were fun, and I started taking visits like in ninth grade. Well, so. why why UNC? Well, you know, at the time it was, I first of all, I fell in love with the campus. Yeah. You know, if you've ever been to Chapel Hill, it's just like, yeah. it's beautiful, you yeah. know. That baby blue, that um, baby blue do something to exactly, you Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I like the idea of coming in and being able to, you know, immediately start and make an mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. and, you know, have a significant role um, on a team that was like teetering, yeah. right, and had yeah. been for, for a while. and. You know, on top of that, I was coming in with like three of my best friends. So we had the number one recruiting class mm. and you know, that was It was on. Yeah. So it was a lot of excitement, you know, making that move to go to Chapel Hill and, you know, obviously the tradition there in women's basketball is very rich. Okay, back in, in high school, Pat Summit had just got diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's. Did that have anything? Did that impact your opinion? I mean, you choosing UNC that you did you want to play for her before that happened at all? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, Pat had been a part of my life for a really long time, uh, directly and indirectly, right before she even knew me. You know, so uh, while she was recruiting me, you know, she was very present. You know, at my games and just the whole UT staff. So, you know, by the time she had got diagnosed, it was just a sh- it was a shock. Right. And so the timing was right around when I was about to make my decisions, like the end of my senior year. Um, and so, you know, the timing was just, it was a perfect storm, you know, if you right. will, because that was my dream school. That was my dream coach, mm-hmm. you know, but I knew that I wasn't going to get an opportunity to play for, her, you know, so to say that that didn't impact my decision would be a lie, right. you know, so um like I said, I ended up where I felt like I was supposed to be in the end, but the uncertainty of the coaching staff at yeah. the time when I was supposed to be making my decision was just, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. wish you was. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Like with today's, you see today's kids, they can just transfer from a school to another Cold school. Blood. And, you know, yeah. Transfer portal No problem. Me. They can yeah. go to the Final Four and be like, hey, yeah. I want to go to the team that beat us. <laughs> hey, ain't I'm sorry. Nah, yeah. But to see the kids these days and to see what you had to go through from your transition to going to another school, like, 
Are you you happy that kids get the opportunity to make a, another decision to be like, man, this just not me. I don't feel comfortable here. I just want to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I I believe that they should be empowered, you know, to make that choice. And I like that they have the ability now, and they don't have to be locked in. Like because, wait a whole another yeah, year. Yeah, like, but with some of the decisions, you know, it's also evident, mm -hmm. you know, that there is a mental, like toughness aspect that I feel like is lacking. Like yeah. you gotta earn your minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta you it ain't too many freshmen that's gonna come in and play. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're transferring, you, you chose to go to Duke. You chose mm -hmm. to go to Kentucky these or, you know, to these top schools. You know, yeah. I feel like, you know, regardless of what the situation may be, sometimes you have a valid, valid reason to transfer. So I do like that they get the opportunity to be like, no, nah, like I'm leaving. You know, but in some cases I feel like it's hell, and it's hard for me to say that because I transfer, right? But you know, in some cases, I feel like you know it's worth it's worth staying and and you know fighting and and trying to make make better of the situation. You you went, but like with with your situation, like it's it's so okay now. You don't see the backslash. You don't mm -hmm. see schools getting into all that. Yeah. And uh, the good thing about it, you see somebody at a small school get the that's killing that never got them big colleges to look at him, go, go to the, the tournament big. and do his thing. And now yeah. he can go to a big college and get a little bit more recognition. Yeah. But you, it's like you uh, you one of the ones that sacrificed. That's why you, you're special in it. A lot of guys, even before you, they had yeah. to sit out that whole year yeah. and had to go through that whole everything. And you know, they, they label a person. Oh, just cause you will sit out a whole day and try to label you just cause you want to go to a different situation that you feel like is better for you in your situation. So you, you're you one of the ones that, that you like a sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, before me, like in women's basketball, it was like, forbidden. you don't transfer. It's forbidden. Especially <laughs> forbidden. an All-American, especially yeah. a ACC freshman of the year, especially mm. a, you know, all the whatever I was after yeah. my freshman year, it's like what yeah. you stay for four years, and that it is what it is. And you deal with it, and so when I decided to leave, it was like it was like shock, like yeah. like I had just like I don't even know, like yeah. the response was just like it was crazy, and yeah. so you know after that, obviously you know like a lot more a lot more girls around the country started transferring, and you know started to you know I feel like be empowered once again to like do what they felt was was best and what was right for them so did you have to sit out yeah i had to sit out how you, was that for you like like you said going from being first team playing basketball yeah. every day yeah. down there to... i mean it was hard but you know like timing timing was really important because i needed to get a surgery so you know i ended up getting a much needed surgery on my leg Mm -hmm. Um and so my sit out year was mainly just recovering from mm -hmm. that. Yeah, huh? yeah so it worked out. Let me out. ask you this about the the decision. Like, you know, who who kind of convinced you, your mom or your dad kind of convinced you be like like believe in what you believe in. Yeah. Cuz you know, that's a hard decision especially for a young lady going to college and you know, it's forbidden. Right. To, to do <laughs> what you try to do. Right. So like who who kind of confirmed you and supported you like like, yeah, I'm making the right decision. This is what I want to do. This is what I believe I should do. Yeah, I mean, definitely my parents. You know, I think that, like, I'm I'm super blessed to have parents who, like, allow me to make decisions like that and and and, and heard me, yeah. you know, and listened to me when I spoke. 
um, it was one of those things where my mom knew that if I was calling her and saying that I was ready to go, that I was for real. And, you know, she didn't question it. She didn't try to talk me out of it. And, you know, I'm I'm really blessed to have parents who, you know, support me in, in every decision that I make. Because ultimately, you know, it, it's the reason why I'm here. And, you know, I'm in a, an amazing spot now. Good job, how, mom and dad. How, straight up. Good job, mom. How big was, the, did the smile grow like like three or four inches once you chose Tennessee to transfer to, or it was just yeah. like like two or three inches? <laughs> yeah, she was she was really happy. She was overjoyed. She, she got to wear that, 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 that yeah, orange again, she and got you know, the, she had to wear her colors again. She got to sing Rocky Top after look, all. Look. Oh yeah, I already <laughs> know she was hey, chanting like, once. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. We do that in this we family, in the building. Tennessee. Did she have a, did she have a, uh, her year, her year number on and Man, all the stuff with the she, shirts and she stuff? She had everything. Pulled she out all everything. the nostalgia. Oh, she <laughs> pulled it all the way out. Her Letterman's, everything. I'm like, yo. I don't, I don't mean to, I ain't trying to skip and just skip past everything, but like, how was it? Like you went to Tennessee. Candace Parker is like one of the goats right. of Tennessee. Like for you to win a championship, first for you to get Candace Parker on your team, then to win a championship with Candace Parker with the Tennessee pride and no, how was that? You ain't that? gonna say in Chicago though. Yeah, you in ain't Chicago, gonna say in Chicago. Bad, I apologize. In Chicago, Boy, which that's a big deal. In Chicago, like how was that to just get that moment? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was one of those the stars kind of aligned, mm. you know, for for us to have been there at the same time, you know, and Candace is who she is, and so it was special, you know, special for a lot of reasons, you know, but you know, talking about that specifically, like. You couldn't really ask you for it. Even to write happen. that no yeah. better, right? Yeah, it was perfect. Do you remember when you walked on the campus and you you in Tennessee and you seeing Candace Parker, Shamika Holesclaw? Right. You know the three the, <laughs> the three yeah. meets and the history, the Pat Summit. Did you feel that like that legacy when you walked in that gym with them, them championship banners and all this stuff? I mean, you can't not. <laughs> right. You know, it's like you on you on Rocky Top, you on the summit. Yeah. Like you and 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 I had been introduced to that since a very Early young on. age, yeah. you know, like my mom was always taking Had me to Knoxville, like homecoming, whatever. We going to the football games, we going to the basketball games. So, you know, it was kind of like seeing my childhood dreams come to fruition. Yeah. Um and also just like knowing I was in a space where like women's basketball was heralded and like respected. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the way they treat women's basketball in Knoxville is like another so your family yeah so it was it was a magical experience it was it was dope you you play overseas before you played mm -hmm. like a lot of girls haven't a lot of females haven't did that like no. what made you play overseas before you went to the draft well I so I transferred and with that transfer, you know, you get that that extra year on the back end. Yeah. So initially I had said I was coming back, you know, so the year I was supposed to get drafted, the draft had passed. I'm coming back to school, the end. Yeah. And I just remember I went home, like after the semester ended, I went home and like my, I was like having like anxiety attacks and I was like really struggling with the idea of going back to school. Like it stopped making sense to me. Um, and so then I, I changed my mind, you know, and it's like too late for, and, and it's like in a situation where all the adults 
in the room and whoever else is like, you can't do that. Once again, my parents, you know, you have the right to change your mind. You know, don't feel bad about that, about doing what you feel is right in your heart. You know, so although the draft was over, ended up getting an offer from a team in Turkey, um, and I was able to go and play a professional season prior to the draft the next year. Hey, that's gangster. Like, I swear, you remember when I went back to school after my freshman year? I did not. I, I felt like I made the wrong decision. Just for, like, literally what you just said, I felt the same way. Like, i never forget. Could nobody believe him. That pressure. The first day you I went. front cover ESPN. Like. The first day I went <laughs> no. back and had to go, like, I remember coming, going to school, and I was like, the first, when I got back from classes that day, I was like, damn. <laughs> and it was it. like, it was like, but it was, for me, it was like, you're not about to leave school and try and do, like, like you about to, you here. Like, mm -hmm. like you said, it, the deadline had passed. I can't say this or that. I was, but I, that, my second year was nowhere close as fun as my first year because of that, because I felt like you should have left. I watching my dog Maggetti get drafted in that year. I'm like, man, I should have left. I yeah. should have left. And then it was like, I felt like my whole second year, I just got, I just got like the microscope put on me. Like they picked my game apart. People mm -hmm. doubling and tripling. They trying to say yeah. my numbers was down there the same, almost identical. But they tried to say that I didn't do this, and then I was like, I should have took my ass last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I and salute that. That was gangster. That, that decision. Well, the transfer after my freshman year and that decision, it it gave me the knowledge of like relying on my intuition like so much more at a very young age. Hmm. And you know, like you have that gut feeling, like you said. Your body like, feel it. For whatever reason, it's like the cameras, the coaches, the whoever, the whatever is just like pulling you the opposite of what's in here. You yeah. know, and so you know, I'm I'm grateful again. You know, every decision I've ever made that was controversial or taboo or whatever, like it I'm in down. the best position mm -hmm. I could be in life. You who, know, who you credit to the game though? Cause like your your game is like like Tamika Kessens. Like I love Tamika Kessens. I play small forward. Like small forwards are all around players. They play defense. They shoot the three. They do all. You didn't shoot three. Stop. I didn't, but. I'm just saying. Don't just small. into yourself in that like all right, that. Tamika Kessin shoot threes. She understand what I'm talking about. Yes. Stop, her and stop messing Kessin. up my question. Go ahead, bro. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a, a small forward is like an all-around player. And and you're an all-around player. Like who you cater to the game? You just can't get that off the fly. Like who you cater to kind of understand like what's going on? I mean, it's it's tough because I didn't grow up watching women's basketball. You know, games wasn't televised like that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the WNBA was like I knew I wanted to go, but I wasn't really watching because games wasn't. They on came TV. on funny yeah. times and so, stuff. Yeah. You know, I think that once again, like I had such a strong belief in like how special I was mm -hmm. as an athlete. You know, like I knew I was faster. I knew I could jump higher. I knew there were things physically that I could do that I hadn't seen other no girl. other girl do. And I think that it was amplifying that more so than watching a player and watching a pro. And like, I didn't really have like a player that I was like, I want to be like that. You know, I was mm -hmm. just like, I just want to be special. Like, go out here and just do what I do. When did you get to the point of that? When did you get to the point? Cause like, 
you always get to the point where like you don't see it, you don't see it, and then you run to them dogs, like how you ran into Maya Moore and be like, oh, right. it's another level. Yeah. Out here in these streets. I gotta <laughs> Yeah. I gotta I tap mean, in. I'd say uh in middle school, right? Like so I was still at private school, Wilbert Academy, and every year we went to this this basketball camp. Um What's this shit called? I can't remember the name of the camp, but when we would go there, it would be like all these public schools and stuff. <laughs> and so when I got there, <laughs> Southwest DeKalb was there, and Southwest DeKalb girls team had just won like four straight state championships, right? So like all they girls was like going D1, whatever, like they was tough. And so that was the first time I had seen like- Different level. Yeah, I was looking at them like, oh, like, okay, like I'm young, I'm in seventh grade, I'm in middle school, but like, I'm like, I got to get to like to that yeah, level, level, you know? And so at that point I had never trained. I was never in the gym. I was just raw. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I got to ninth grade, that was the first time I really started like working out and mm -hmm. like spending time in the gym and working on my game. Shooting so, your shot, working on your yeah. technique and stuff like that. Tell, tell me about, like you said you went to Turkey. When and where were you when you found out about the difference in the value of their money than when you what it was supposed to be? Well, I was, I had just got over there and my teammate at the time, um, Erlena Larkins, uh, she had like brought it up to me about the exchange rate and everything and how like you could like take some US money and like exchange it and get more. And like, and I was like not really understanding that at all. So it was probably like right when I had got out there, to be honest. What was the difference though? Like It was like two to one. Uh -huh. And then the second year, so I had signed for two years. Uh -huh. The second year, it was like five to one. It had like double. Uh -huh. So my contract was like worth double in like their money. Uh -huh. And so my team was having issues like trying to fulfill paying that contract out. And they was asking <laughs> me to take less and da 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 da. And I was like, I'm going to just go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> you know, so... That that uh that currency exchange rate is is a it's a it's a crazy dynamic when you talk about was you getting more in Turkey or when you or was you getting more when you got to the WNBA? Oh, I was getting more in Turkey. Even with the the foolishness going yeah. on. Yeah. Damn. So did that's like kind of put you up on game early. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of girls go to the league college, go to the WNBA. Then they realize, oh, I'm gonna go overseas. Like, oh, this is more money than what I was just getting paid oh, them yeah. two, three months. Hold up, you was getting twenty. Wait, hold up, hold up. You getting twenty five k a month and hundred dollar bills, and then you went from that to four k a month. Literally, my first, my first WBA. I done went back to Turkey. My man. first man, my first WBA check. We got the envelope. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm back. Man, I opened that. Sh I opened it up. I sat it on the table. This ain't enough. I went and took a nap. <laughs> I feel like Chris took This ain't enough. No. Yeah, for real. I went and took a Damn. nap. And I left it there for like months. Uh. I did not cash it. It was just what? there. Just, you almost no, missed the limit on it. I mean, I had I had money from Turkey. Like I was good. And I was just like, this. I could just cash this whenever I go to the it bank. It was that underwhelming. She just let that thing, just let it just, just let yeah. it lay there. Just. Yeah. <laughs> How was it uh, preparing for the draft? Like, uh, did it take you a long time to figure out what you was going to wear to the draft? Well, I was still in Turkey. Oh, you um, still in Turkey? I was still in Turkey. So, you know, like, there's that overlap that yeah. exists with overseas and the WNBA. Yeah. So. I was finishing up my season overseas, and so they, my team allowed me, obviously, to fly back. 
to New York for the draft. I got invited to the draft. So um, I flew in like two days before the draft and then like figuring out what I wanted to wear. Like I knew I wanted to design a suit, you know, and. Oh, you designed it. Yeah. So I went and I had a designer, Torre. He super dope in New York. And um, we just kind of put it together. And funny story, like my suit, the one that I had on at draft night is not the suit that I was supposed to have worn. Like (laughs) the suit I was supposed to wear was supposed to be blue. Mm. And that suit is like, it's like a fuchsia. Like it was like, it was crazy how it all went down. (laughs) So we we talking about clothes, like your swag be on like a thousand trillion. Like (laughs) you got a lot of, I always love how you dress and how, how you looking. I got two questions. Just talk about your swag and talk about how I love how they do the WNBA players when they come to the game and they show they whole drip. You know what I'm saying? And it be all over the place. Right. <laughs> but right, yeah. it be a lot of dope up in there, but I always recognize your swag, especially your shoe game right. and stuff. So just tell us about your swag, how you you know, you come up with some of the stuff that you you wear and how you want to wear. It's just being authentic, really. Like I I'm actually like very into fashion, right? Like I, I genuinely care about it. It is a part of who I am and what I do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can you know, tell. like outside of the tunnel, I still like to get my fits oh, off. Like it's not, a, it's, it's not, we see you, you dripping. Yeah, like, it's not even about the tunnel. Like I do this in real life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, for me, you know, yes. like I said, sometimes it's a feeling thing. Sometimes it's a geographic thing. Like I'm in Phoenix now. So you'll see a lot of like looser clothing yeah. on me, a lot of like, holes and just because I need it's hot out here oh, you yeah. know Lord have mercy and so you know I like to you know it's a it's a feminine and there's like a tomboy it's like I like to walk the line of both. like both you know it's, mm-hmm. it depends on how I feel so I just love fashion and the way that it allows me to express myself especially when you you know sometimes may not always have the words what made you get into like shoes and, and tennis shoes and and be that deep into fashion. Yeah, I as mean, much as you, who who put you on? Like who who made you? Or you just always the dress up? Yeah, I was always. <laughs> I was, you know, like when I was younger, like I used to. Take my mom would clothes. buy me clothes, but then them wasn't the clothes no that I wanted to wanted. wear. <laughs> so like, whenever I did have a little bit of money. Like I would go and buy the stuff that I wanted to wear. And I was all over the place. Like I went through like a skateboard phase. I went through like (laughs) all these different phases, but I went to private school. So anytime I got to wear regular clothes, it was exciting for me. Yeah. And you know, it was always like a conversation between me and my mom. Like, where you get that shirt at? Where you get (laughs) like, who bought you that? And I don't know, for me, like I said, it was really just a form of expression, right? Like being in uniform all day was just like, it is what it is. And then when you get a chance to like wear your own stuff, you know, I just kind of just used it and took it. It's always it. crazy that somebody went to like private school, always come out being a designer, just because be, what be you said, they can't never <laughs> they wear nothing more. different. They be so thirsty <laughs> to get a fit off, like, oh, I'm about to kill them with this one tomorrow. <laughs> then they, For real. That, that's crazy. And you always wear the dope frames. For like real. I know you, you, you doing stuff with glasses. Tell us how it is working with one site and the whole project with that. Well, you know, I have, I'm very blessed. I have such a uh, an amazing partnership with Oakley. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and their ph- philanthropy wing is is. Oh, that's why you be framed up. I yeah, think. so like I play, <laughs> you know, those are the frames that I play in. Uh-huh. You know, and so the first couple of years, I, the first couple of years I was in the league, I didn't have the partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I ended up, you know, standing out so much so that we were able to to ink a deal, and you know, with that, I was then able to. Um, invest time and, and energy and resources into like philanthropy and, and what was near and dear to me was was eyesight and vision. And so actually yesterday I just flew back from Chicago. I had a one site clinic. Shout out. Um yeah at at KIPP and um you know I was able to every year I do an eye clinic with one site and I I get um free eye exams and I give uh eyeglasses on the spot, you know, for Whoever wants to come through. Yeah. And so you get just it missed it so by one a, day. Like, you know, like my thing when I was younger, like you was always called a nerd if you wore glasses. So I never used to want to wear my right. glasses. It took me to be like 36, 37 years old. I find like, fuck that, man. I'm wearing my glasses. Right. I need I to see, see right. It. My tie, my eyes are tied from contacts. Like So I didn't I didn't know I needed glasses until about eleventh grade. You know, up until then, I'm like telling my mom, I'm like, mom, I'm having a hard time seeing. I'm seeing like double rims when I'm playing basketball. She's like, girl, you fine. You come from good stock. You, know, you can see. Good grade. You can see. Right. I'm like, on the one hand, I come from great stock. You know, like I'm, I'm fast as hell woo, woo, physically, but I'm like, these eyes, mom, I'm trying to tell you. And so finally, she took me to get an eye exam. And that's when they told her that I was like, really in need of glasses. And so it wasn't up until 11th grade that, you know, and at that point I was just happy to be able to see. I didn't care what nobody said about it, Straight but up. I was not going to play in no glasses. Yeah. And that was the nerdy thing. That was the Man, dorky I had, thing. I had them you know? old school Kareem Abdul-Jabbar goggles <laughs> on me. I'm talking about James Worthy goggles. Yeah, I had. that was, I, I couldn't. I wear them mugs no more. Yeah, Lord them, have mercy. them was not sexy. They talked about me so bad. I'm talking, when I walked on the court, I was skinny, little head. The goggles looked almost bigger than my yeah. head. They was like, I got him. I could, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get with the glasses. And it took me a couple years to like, it took me a few years to accept that like, I was gonna be having to play basketball with glasses, glasses on my face. You, yeah. like you didn't want to do contacts? Well, my contacts, that's the thing. My contacts are glass. Mm. And so that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand about why I wear glasses because yeah. the glasses are not prescription. Yeah. My contacts are made of glass. Yeah. So they're completely they hard. That. So the glasses protect my contact lenses. Uh. Yeah. And so it took me getting hit once in my eye without them yeah. and like almost losing my eye mm. for me to be like, you know what? Bring me the glasses. Like, just, uh, I'm on, just on the set. Oh, wait, why do you have the the, the the uh why do they have to be uh glass? So I have a I have an eye condition called keratoconus mm. and it's a basically corneal deformity that I have in both of my eyes. I've gotten surgery on both my eyes now, but essentially the soft lenses that people typically wear mm-hmm. in the arenas, the lights are so bright, mm-hmm. it ends up refracting through the lens and like looking like Thing. Glare, wow. like so, trees, like light trees. Yeah, so I have to wear these. There's fixed lenses. Like if I had them on, I could open my eye and like tap on my eye, and I wouldn't blink or nothing. So that's crazy. That's the like windshield on your eye. Yeah, 
I used to have them contacts that had the the look the look glass in the middle, and then the rest of it was like yeah, soft. Flimsy. Yeah, I tried those too. Didn't work. Now the whole thing. You had some half glass eyes too, boy. <laughs> I didn't know that. Look at you. I don't disrespect. Pull out all this. I did not know that. I did not know I'm that. I'm deep in these streets. I've been through everything. <laughs> <laughs> but go back to the draft. How was it for you to to experience? <laughs> deep in these streets. He's been through everything. <laughs> he had a little semi-circle right glass. Uh, tell us about the draft, though. How was that for you, for you and your family to like experience that and just get that in? I mean, it was amazing. You know, it was uh, once again, it was one of those those rare moments for me that I get to be celebrated um, and feel like I had actually achieved something. So uh, having my family there was, you know, a dream come true. Um, and you know, I'm happy to be the highest drafted family member. So, you know, I got that over my, my dad and my em. brother, Tell him. <laughs> yeah, Pop, tell him. <laughs> tell him. Yeah, so that was special. Did you feel like you would slip a little bit from n not going in the previous draft to the next draft? Well, you know, you, you never know. You know, I was projected to go number one in the year before. Yeah. Um, And obviously, you never know, right? What could have, should have happened. Yeah. And, you know... Ended up going third the next year, um, but I went to the perfect place. Yeah, you know, it's like where, where did you go, Diamond? Tell I, us went, where to you, tell us where I went to Chicago. Tell us where you went. Tell us where you went. <laughs> and once again, it was like opportunity for me to come in, make an immediate impact. Right. There was a need that I knew I could fill. Yeah, you know, I had the skill set for it to go in and just be me and be special. So, you know, I was in the. I was just in the right place, you know. Yeah. Everything just worked out. Cold shy. So getting to the highest level and you 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 seeing the level of competition. When I know you made all rookie team, but when when in that season that you felt like, oh man, I belong here, and I I'm good enough to to play on this level. I mean, I think it was it was very early on. Um, you don't realize it until you're in the WNBA, but like. Every single one of my matchups was like an Olympian. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like mm -hmm. Angel McCartry, Diana Taurasi, Bucket Getter, Bucket Getter. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, like Elena Beard. Like, it was like every mm -hmm. night yeah, I was Beard. going against like some dog. Like, yeah. so it was very early on that I was like, listen, you could be scared and you could go out here and get your ass bust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you could act like you belong here you know, and go be special. So, um, you know, I took all those matchups very personally, you know, and I just went out and just kind of did my thing, so. How was it for you to see the highest level of competition at every single position? Because the WNBA, it's not like the NBA, it's not like, like it's, it's, it's a bunch of teams, so it's the best of the best <laughs> that's yeah. out there, right? This, is the, this probably game. is the first time that every team got them <laughs> them hitters just because it's it's not that many teams and you shuffling the best of the best. So how was it to just see the level of competition be that high with so many female athletes and the history before it? I mean, it's a high, it's a highly concentrated talent pool. And like whenever I'm having this conversation with like people who don't understand it, don't I just say, it. just imagine. If the NBA only had 12 teams right. with 12, how good, how good, how good those teams would be. 
That's you what know? I be saying. And so hey, that was a good question. Just like Thank you, bro. the way it feels is just every day, every game, you gotta know, you know, that whoever you going up against, like they can go. They done and did it, everything you did. That's crazy. And everything you, you like wanted to do. McDonald's All you American, USA. Think about oh, it. Like one through 15. Think about boy. it. <laughs> one through 12. It ain't even 15 mm, spots in the WNBA. 15. 12. Yeah, you know, like it's just very, it's a very potent level of buckets and handles and Shooting percentages so, and all of that. So obviously, you in agreement with me saying we we need some more WNBA teams because like Absolutely. like looking at especially right now looking at some of the people that just got cut from teams and like how sway like Absolutely. what is going on? We need more teams, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I I feel very strongly that we do need more teams, and I'm happy that the conversations are being had. You know, around expansion. You know, it's 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 not been an easy process, right? It's not been easy to get to this point where we're t we're t we're actually talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so although it's not happening immediately, like I'm happy to know that like pieces are being put in place so that expansion can take place. Like, how was it for y'all? Like, from you being a, a a current WNBA player, like you watch it and like you see the release of like some of these names of these ladies just being released as like great players. Like, mm -hmm. what the heck is going on? Yeah, I mean, job security in the WNBA is not guaranteed. That's, you know, you right. got to, every day you fighting for your job, you know. Just like NBA. It's more apparent yeah. than ever than me. <laughs> if you're not on like, one of them guaranteed contracts, you know, it's like any day it could be, be gone. Gone. Injury can get you gone. Gone. Like, like any slight thing can get you gone. Yeah, for real. Just Do you like not, the new rules? Like, like were, were they they protecting women that, that if they take the time to, and they're pregnant and they right. and they're protecting the kids, where well, hey, I can't just leave my newborn baby right. or my my one year old baby with somebody. No, they, they, I they, love I love the the new maternity you know rules and guidelines or whatever you call it that they have put in place because their uh, rights for mothers before this new CBA was was not good. Yeah. It was not good at all. There was no infrastructure in place that really supported. Mm. Um, you, if you wanted to like, you know, start a family or plan for a family, you know, like a lot of players were just like, I can't have no kids until I retire, yeah. you know, cause it just wasn't no, no support for real. So Dang. I love that now, you know, mothers and, you know, soon to be mothers are having the opportunity to go through their pregnancy. Like it's okay. It's yeah, not a like, like forbidden why, thing. Yeah. And then in sports in general, not just women's basketball, you know, like mothers go through a lot. Like yeah. when they, get pregnant, it's like a punishment, right? Like I, right. That's I how they treat it for sports. Man, like Allison Felix and like some of them Serena track girls Williams. listening to them tell their stories about yeah. it. It's just like, it's sad. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about progressiveness and, you know, us making room for, for more women's rights and support in that area, especially. All-star game. You make the all-star game. When you make the all-star game now, this is a whole other level. Right. When you walk in that locker room, <laughs> you seeing the girls that that you was looking at coming to the league, like, oh, this this DT, this is Sue Bird. These right. are the, the women that I was seeing before me. Like, how was it for you, your first all-star game, to make it as early as you in made it? second year. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And just to be in that the atmosphere. 
It was so much fun. It was just <laughs> fun. Like it was like no pressure. It was like just go out here and just be, be you. you. <laughs> and anytime you tell me to be me, <laughs> I'm gonna stand out. Like just naturally. So I felt like All-Star Weekend was like the perfect stage for me to just go and just smile and have fun. And you know, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to that stage. After All-Star game. I see you, and you just had your surgery. Can you tell us the process of when you found out about your surgery and the decision that you had to make about your surgery? It was interesting because I have I was in Italy, I was overseas, and you know I had a very minor collision with a player. You know I I seen that I'd been hit a hundred times harder a hundred <laughs> times before. You know, um, and so. After it had happened, you know, although I was in pain, I'm like, I'm good, y'all. Like, I'm good. I'm going to go. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to ice, whatever. And they were like, no, we think you should get an MRI, boo, 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 boo. And I'm like, all right, fine. Like, I'll do the, the stupid MRI because whatever. So and when I got it, agent calls me shortly after. We have a game that night. Calls me. And it's like, Diamond, you know, this is what you're dealing with. You got a tumor in your spine. Yeah. You know, you there was no making a decision. The decision was made for me. For you. Right. You coming right. home and you getting surgery. Right you know? Away. And so at that point it's like it's January. WBA starts, camp starts in April, right? So it's like, do I rush this surgery and try to get back before camp, you know, or mm -hmm. Do I go and try to talk to like multiple neurosurgeons and try to, to find the best one, the right? So I was kind of up in the air about it. Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna fly back to Atlanta and talk to my doctors there, you know? Because this is like, Excellent. this is like career defining surgeries that's mm -hmm. that's about to take place, and like I'm still just being very optimistic about it, you know? And so ended up working out so that I could go to Chicago and get the surgery done and. You know, that operation was nothing like what you thought it was. What I thought it was gonna be. Um, you know, it was like those three hours that I was supposed to be in there, those three months of recovery that I was supposed to have, you know, turned into nine hours, turned into two years, mm -hmm. you know, and I still got nerve residual nerve damage and mm -hmm. you know, so but by the grace of God, you know, like I'm here. You yeah. know, and I'm able to play and I'm able to walk around Breathe, and like smile. I'm able to smile and Be laugh. You. Like, yeah. you know, like laying in that bed, you can't laugh. Yeah. You can't had sneeze. Have you ever had any operations before? Any surgeries? I mean, yeah, like I had a uh, I had a tibial rod surgery before, you know, it's like not to downplay it, like that was tough to come back from too, yeah. but like back, like what you did yeah. yeah, just like that, back in general, but like yours is even more serious because like you say, it's, like you say, that was like career yeah. defining. Yeah. So like, me and my old lady was in the bed and we was just looking at TV and I was just flicking the channel. And when I flicked the channel, we stopped the E60. You know, E60 be having them good interviews, mm -hmm. them, them good things. And you just came on there. And when I seen you, me and her is almost in tears, like the footage yeah. of that you showed, the like uh, your teammates being there. Uh, uh, Sinead. Cheyenne. Cheyenne. I'm sorry. I'm Cheyenne, sorry, Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Don't kill me. <laughs> Cheyenne. But just like that, that that always stick out to me that her sitting next to your bedside, right there, 
And I, I remember seeing y'all at All Star, and it was just like, man, I didn't know that. And I was so tough on you mm -hmm. because, like, you one of my favorite players. I love how you dress out, outside the court. It was like, man, I always, like, always be talking about you, like, yeah, see this and that. But these last two years, you know, just from an outside looking in as a casual fan. Right. They don't know what, like, players go through, whether you right. got an injury or something deeper in your family or anything. They don't know what you're going through. So mm -hmm. a casual fan would be like, oh, she not doing what I know she can do. And, oh, oh, she's not doing this. And then when you go to the bench and not be the all-star player that you were, like, how was that to just, you know, keep that secret from the world and just persevere through every step of that? How was that? For you it was hard like it was hard man I I I knew that telling the story prematurely would have added way too much pressure onto what Definitely I was already would. dealing with and I just did not feel comfortable at the time right this is pre-covid Right, mm -hmm. so after my surgery the, the whole world stopped right that's mm -hmm. right you know and so part of me was thinking and hoping like, okay, I got time. Got like, time. I can come back from it and like, oh, nobody got to know about it. Right. You know, so part of it was that. And then George Floyd, Black Lives yeah. Matter. I was like, this is not important to be talking about right now, right. to be talking about myself, to be bringing any attention to me when the whole, when we, you know, oh, we really? try, yeah, like it's a lot going on right now. So, there were like a lot of things that played into me, like keeping my silence. But the biggest thing really was like, until I have my triumph, you know, until I have my, like, I overcame this, mm -hmm. you know, now I can talk about it, right? Like this is the first interview I'm doing, yeah. talking about it, yeah. you know? know, so. This just last, what was that, Friday? Yeah, that so, out? you know, this is like, you know, it's like, <sighs> like you nah, can I breathe. Yeah. You, like to be like, Everything you just said, like being able to just going through that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause there's a lot of people like go out there and you playing bad, like, man, I, I ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's the first thing somebody might say or like might get around to it for you to just, you know what I'm saying? Soldier through all of that, follow those different reasons you saying. That's a that's a huge salute to you. Our, our agent, Jeff Wexler, he, he represent Lonzo Morning. And Lonzo Morning went through like a, a real scare, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Where they didn't think he was gonna play basketball no more. The same thing as you, and it, it was it was deep for him, and he persevered through it. Where he had the opportunity to not only come back and play to win a championship, mm -hmm. just like you. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like them stories so much need to be told because like a lot of casual fans will beat us up, and like I apologize to you because nah. like I'm I'm just so much of a fan of you, and I'm like nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just right. looking at us, not knowing what's going on, and that's how fans get. And fans don't realize, like, man, you get so deep, and you don't know what a player's going through. It's true. You don't know what family or what what they have outside that something slowed them down. You know what I mean? Players then played with injuries for five, six years. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I can't like, go left as hard, but I'm yeah. still stepping back shooting this three. You know, <laughs> you know you what I'm saying? Know. And they don't know and they prejudge you. Yeah, you know, I mean, so I, I definitely had... commend you for that. Like I said, that was a deep one for me, especially somebody that I admire and, and, and watch all the time. Right. It's tough. I mean, we you go through something like that and you know, like in telling it, you know, it's like 
one, I hope that it it could provide some support and encouragement, inspiration to like whoever, you know, may feel like they've been, you know, faced with an impossible obstacle, right? Mm -hmm. Like I really thought my career was over. Definitely. Um, and, and just the state of my livelihood, to be honest, like, will I be able to have kids? Will I be able to play with them? You know, mm -hmm. I got two little nieces, like, can I run around with them anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, what can I do? What can I do? And, but also I hope it allows people to kind of check themselves, you know, and operate from a level of grace, you know, in any moment where they feel like they have the chance to judge, you know, cause it's, it's not for you to judge ever, yeah, you know, no. so. That's really, you know, my whole- Let me ask you how big was your teammates? Cause like I say, one of the moments, one of your teammates that I seen you with, and I, I can tell y'all have a connection. And that was your girl on the Scott, on the yeah. Scott squad. Like how, how big was your teammates in that, that whole process of supporting when you got to the bubble, when yeah. they, when they kept that secret for you? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm super thankful for the closeness of our team at that time because, you know, it was something that we was carrying as a unit. You know, everybody asking them, what's wrong with her? Like, is she not the same? Like, is she yeah. real? Is her knee really that bad? Because at the time, we just called it a knee injury. Right. Yeah. You know, and one of my teammates in particular, Jantel Lavender, she didn't come to the bubble, but she was with me every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, you know, like, she wiped my ass for me in the mm -hmm. hospital. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she dressed me, she bathed me, clothed me, made sure I was good. So, you know, she's really the one that's like, even though she wasn't there, she was always checking on me, mm -hmm. always calling me, you know, just after every game she was watching, just like lifting me up and mm -hmm. making sure I wasn't beating myself up too much. So like you really need. shout out to tell yeah. yeah you really need that yeah, shout out to her sure. man that's, that's what you need people don't understand these locker rooms uh I, I was trying to explain to my son's mother that like man what basketball brings something in this locker room and it'd be deeper mm -hmm. than anything i ain't saying that like all 12 players on the team that's gonna be your best friend but you definitely gonna, you gonna find, find two one, or three right? of them gonna, like sports like, y'all like gonna be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, gonna be forever and, and I, I i seen how your teammates like man just to keep a secret like that just yeah. to hold it down like that that's a that's a beautiful and big thing and I, I thought that was just just a beautiful moment just to see the teammates back you up and so forth on the next year after the bubble you get the opportunity to kind of just work out, not go overseas and try mm -hmm. to really get your health. How was that process to get your health back for the next season? Man, that pro that process was was very revealing to me, you know, to finally like work on my game and to really see like, you know, no cameras, no lights, like where are you at, mm -hmm. you know? And I spent some time out in LA and like, it was crazy because like I was at, uh, the Mamba Sports Academy mm -hmm. and like in the summertime like it's super dope because like a lot of NBA dudes oh, be in dude there like and there, so yeah. at the time I was out there like KD was out there Kyrie was out there like the the, the Hawks team was like it was right. like teams out there like coming <laughs> yeah. to play pickup and so like every time a KD came in the gym he had like do rebounding a massage he had this this and this right. and like I'm like 
Damn, like, like <laughs> I need like yeah. all, like you know what I'm saying. I'm out there kind of like just with my trainer, like, and I'm yeah. just looking, and I'm just like, damn, like that's nice. Like that must be really nice to be able to have access, access, right? That. And so it it opened my eyes to a lot of like what I needed, and also like what's lacking, right, in women's basketball, just far as like just basic you know, health and treatment and shit like that. Like there was no no way I should have been out there without, you know, certain things. What and so, yeah, that, that you know. tells you the level of WNBA. Cause like the NBA guys got a lot of access and so forth on, but I feel like Jordan and Kobe was the ones really doing it. Yeah. But they they were so mysterious and secretive mm -hmm. about it. LeBron kind of brought it to the light that everybody know that yeah. like, man, I'm investing in my body. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get this check, but this amount is going to yeah. the dude that's traveling with me. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Like I got to a point where I was like, having that conversation with myself every day. Like they don't pay me enough to go through this shit that I'm going <laughs> I'm dead ass. Like yeah. I was really like, Walking a very fine line for a very long time. Yeah. I'm like, I but just we, don't. you know, when we play this hoop, man, you live and die for it. Yeah, like it's 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 something we we used to play it where we didn't get paid from it, where we just loved it. Right. Where the business kind of mix it up, where you 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 second guess your love. But when you come into when you when you come into an obstacle that like take away your physical ability to play it, mm -hmm. it's like why am I really doing? Yeah, it? when these knees went out, man, I'm talking about I was in a roller coaster. Man, it's like your whole identity is tied to the way you're able to move. And that's play, all I know. And play basketball, especially yeah. when it's something like your back. When it's cause, like you said. When I had my back surgery, I couldn't, I couldn't tie my shoes. I couldn't do not have to lay on my he back. Had, they screwed the things in his head. He had two dents in his head, From like he's Frankenstein or something. What? Yeah, they had to screw him on down. Man. He a little crazy, so you know they always <laughs> screw him on down. Make sure they lock him on up, but you know. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. When you were there at the Mamba Academies, did you ever get a chance to, like like you said, you was watching them, did you get a chance to watch KD and Kyrie go through workouts and stuff and learn from them? Yeah, Those like, I like, was watching them every day. Those I was watching them play pickup. What was that like, experience? First of all, they was playing pickup, and it was like, they was in Kevin's world, like everybody. Like, yeah, that's when they was playing, it was, if it, it was game to seven, he was scoring all seven, all every seven. game. Like, and not missing, not missing. <laughs> I was like, I was like, how you what's happening right now? Like, what am I looking at? Like, I just, I couldn't believe it. He'll come in the gym with his slippers on, <laughs> with his backpack on. The first thing he do, grab the ball, start shooting, pop. Like, hey. just making that. Fresh I'm out like, the court, that like, hitting net. Really, like, really seven feet. Dribbling, right? And then, and then one game we watched, he was shooting all like one leg, like he was shooting everything off one leg. Stanky leg, that's Man, that stanky like, leg. That I'm like, yo, this dude is, this dude is nuts. How how was it like? You know, you you, I know you had the surgery and you get to the bubble and you ain't fully, but you actually get the opportunity to not go overseas and spend that whole winter mm -hmm. coming around to the season to really like work on your body, work on your game and, and get prepared for a season. Yeah. Like how was that? It was it was nice. It was challenging, uh, but it was really nice. You know, I was able to travel around to a few different places and work with a few different people, um, see some specialists, see some doctors, yeah. you know, just to kind of gauge where I was at and what I needed to do to kind of get ready for the next season. 
Um, so, you know, physically I tested my body a lot over those, those next few months um, in hopes of just being ready for the season. I, mean, I feel like you was frustrated. Cause like now that I know the whole story, it looked like you was a little frustrated by like your role. Your yeah. role on the team, like it was, it was a little frustrating because you feel like you really wasn't all the way still there, yeah. there I in mean, the season. But yeah. you, you, you brought great minutes off the bench to even accept the role, yeah. to even accept that that six. I mean, it's frustrating. I never came off the bench a day in my life. Exactly. You know, and although I knew where I was, and I had teammates who were playing at a very, very high level, you yeah. know? So I never would have wanted to like insert myself and take away from that. Um, but it was like, when you go from like, I, I was like untouchable pre-surgery. Like it was not a team I wasn't going to be on that I wouldn't start, Yeah, you know? And so trying to get back to that was like so frustrating because at a certain point in that season, I hit a wall, mm -hmm. you know? And like mentally, it was like, I, I didn't really identify with the player that was being presented mm -hmm. in games. <laughs> I didn't identify this? with her. Yeah. And so that was really, that was, yeah, Tough. that was challenging, you know? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. mentally it's like you you physically, you you recover and you physically, like I'm up walking, I can run, I can this, I can that. But then it was like mentally, I just Damn. like, it was the like I had a too fast. neglected like a whole portion of my recovery, you know? And last year, the mental piece, um, was really what stood out for me. How satisfying was it to like, uh, to really experience that season, get to the point where y'all click, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, in the playoffs and win it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it gotta be ground, and you a part of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm I saying? You like a part of that process. I know I wasn't y'all, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Bulls ain't had a, a parade since Jordan. Right. You know, so like, how how was that to just get through that and so forth on, just to see your face in them, them championships and yeah, how was that for you? You can't write a better ending, yeah. you know, for for the story of like the hero. You know, there's yeah. always the moment where they get defeated, they get knocked down, right, and yeah. they get back up and then they you know slay the dragon or whatever it is, you know. But to be honest, you know, my championship was won way before that, mm -hmm. you know, but. At the same time, like hoisting that trophy, right. like having it materialize mm -hmm. like that, like I'm looking at it, you know, like what? Like you can't, you can't, it don't get no better than that. What's some of the food spots you hit? You hit yeah, the Harold. Yeah, chicken for sure. I mean, there's a soul food spot out there called Soleil. Soleil. And I'm going to show them love because the owner always showed me love. Straight so if up. you in Chicago, go check out Soleil. Best soul food in the city, in my opinion, is Ooh. dope. Good. Everybody know about that. <laughs> so Good. tell us, tell us, cause like you know, like how how was the after being a world champion and winning a championship, like the parade and the kick it, like you know, who was that yeah, time? Yeah, I, I know you didn't just been through a lot these last two years, but you need one day to, to get it all out. I seen y'all clubbing and everything. I seen some <laughs> oh, of the yeah. videos. So how was the, the parade and the kick it Yo. with your girls and your champions after hey. after the champ? That's that was just my type of party for real. <laughs> you you mean to tell me I could get drunk? in front of all these people and all these cameras, <laughs> and I ain't gonna get in trouble for it. Like, y'all not gonna talk bad about me. Hey. So I had a blast on stage up there, just dancing, just celebrating, and obviously 
after the game, we went to the, you know, we went out and we had yeah. a blast. It was, it was fun. I had me a couple drinks that night too. <laughs> Especially you see your teammates in the club that don't never be in the club. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, so everybody you see Stuart and Alley. Yeah, everybody Stuart going and Alley walking yeah. to the club like, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was dope. So you, uh, to get traded, you get traded and a team really wants you. You know, like how did that feel after everything that you went through for a team to trade for you? Yeah, I mean, it was it was heartbroken when I had to accept that, you know, I was going into free agency and having to explore free yeah. agency because I thought I was going to be in Chicago. You know, Forever. I thought I was good in Chicago, you know. But regardless, you know, you go into free agency and as soon as I talked to Jim, the the GM at uh for Phoenix, you know, he's like, we're going to make it happen. We mm. want you out here. It was no, well... Uh, how's your back? Uh, we don't know if we uh, if you're the yeah. same. You know, it was like to so to wanted. go somewhere where the belief is strong, mm -hmm. like that. You know, that's all you could want yeah. for a player, like as a as a player. So you know, I was talking to some other teams or whatever, but you know, I just had that feeling about being in Phoenix, being out here. You know, playing for an organization um, like like Phoenix and Phoenix with the tradition and the the pedigree, right? Hmm. So, so to to know that you're gonna go and play on the team with with Brittany Griner and Diane Taurasi, and I get Tina Charles too, and right. and Scholar Diggins, yeah. like yeah. like how how was that like your, your pre order? You know, you pre order stuff in your head, like oh shit, gonna fuck <laughs> everybody up. You pre order yeah. stuff. <laughs> I, I do be pre order, but you know. On paper, it's, it's looking real nice. Yeah. It's looking real nice. But, you know, I, you know how it is. You got to go through. You got to go through. Go through the, the trial and tribulation. Yeah, just like everybody else. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm confident in us and what we'll be able to accomplish with the team that we have. Um, and I'm really excited to have the opportunity to play with those names that you just listed. Oh, yeah. I definitely need a jersey. So, you I, know, I got you. Yeah. jersey. <laughs> Brittany Griner, you know, she's she's going through a tough time mm -hmm. in a situation that she's in. Can you speak a little bit about Brittany, like how important she is to not only women's sports, but just, you know, just women in general or what she brings to the table and to be going through what she's going through and trying to support her from afar that you can't really touch or even know if she even getting your love? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It's very unfortunate just to know that she's over there and has been over there for so long. Um, you know, you're talking about somebody who is, you know, uh, a larger-than-life figure, you know, yeah. for, for so many different communities. Um, you know, and just to know that, you know, she's over there um, is is devastating, right? It's a huge blow to to the league. It's a huge blow you know, to to her family, to, you know, the community, like, and I just, I can't say it enough every day I wake up and I think about her, you know, I'm praying for her, um, and I'm hoping that every day is the day that she'll be, you know, we'll get the news that she's coming home, you know, so, you know, until then we got, we play every game with a heavy heart, yeah. you know, and just hope that she'll be home soon. Free BG. Free BG. Free BG. I, I gotta ask my my question, like, 
seemed like it was more appropriate probably when you was in Turkey because it sounded yeah, like because you got the bag. When you got the bag, it wasn't over here. <laughs> no disrespect, WNBA. Hey, no disrespect, but like so. My 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 favorite question is when you got the bag. I'm unsure if it was turkey or, you know, whenever you felt. Like, what did you do to go out there and treat yourself when you look back on it like, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have did that before, but it felt damn good when I did it, though. You know what? I got talked out of every one of those purchases Mom that and I was dad gonna did. make. Mom and dad, <laughs> manager, like, just, I got talked out of it. But because I was in Turkey, um, I had this big white wall in my bedroom and you know, I looked at it and I was like, man, like, I wish I had a projector in this room, mm. you know. And it's so, a because man, my, look how he's smiling. my TV in my living room was <laughs> real, my TV in my living room was real small. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I bought me a real nice projector. Straight up, shout yeah. out to Baba. That's what I got. I got <laughs> that Baba. It's on the floor and it, it hit. <laughs> oh, you got a short throw. Yeah, I got that short, short throw. throw. Yeah. Just I got one off. of them now too. Yeah, that Baba. Like this man, he, he the projector man. He like, I don't need no screen. He like, look, why, why can't? Come on, <laughs> video game. You baby. really know? I got two of them. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's all. Yeah. They look good, too. Right <laughs> <laughs> smiling so hard. <laughs> so uh, you said in an interview you feel like you can fly right now. You've been through so much, and, and, and now you're back, and it's a new season. It's going to get ready to start, and, and it's a new you. Do you still feel like you feel like you're about to fly? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel like, I know I have a calling on my life, you know, to do and to touch a lot of people in ways that I couldn't have imagined, right? Like, you don't expect going through, you know, what I just went through yeah. over the past couple of years. Um, but I'm hoping that I could just walk and live, you know, through God, mm -hmm. you know, and like, just allow him to use me. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's not even really up to me no more. You know, yeah. I'm kind of just like, Winging it. Yeah, like you just, just got to You just gliding yeah, through like here, I'm just now. blessed. Anything that happens from here on out is just extra. Yeah. You know, like I've, I'm already, like I said, I already won my championship. You know, I'm up and I'm standing. I'm on two feet. So, Straight up. you know, everything else is just a, a surplus. All right. That's a wrap with the lovely Diamond the Shields. Thank you. Phoenix Mercury Zone. We are here. Champion. Live on location. Still champion. In the desert. We out here in Phoenix, y'all. Tune in. Yeah. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.